Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Actually, Danny Long continues on a WCCO Radio Good Neighbor Tour. Danny Long We'll be back next Saturday morning. John Hines filling in for any long. Very happy to have this opportunity to be up and with you on a Saturday morning. And it is Smart Gardens, and it is time to talk about what we should be thinking about or doing about our lawns, our gardens, and the things at this time of year. Joined by Teresa Rooney this morning, who is a master gardener. And I'll remind you, too, that so much of what we talk about is connected to the Arboretum uh, and also extension.umn.edu. But, Teresa, what can we talk about this morning? Hey, first of all, thanks for being on here on this Saturday morning. And we're coming off a, a pretty much heat-stressed time, aren't we, where... Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're hopefully getting back into some cooler, more comfortable, more important temperatures. But what should we be knowing at this time of year, Teresa? 
Well, John, it's great to be with you. And thank you for covering for Denny. That's just wonderful. Um, so first of all, um, what we should be thinking about is bringing houseplants in. It's too, You don't have to bring them in yet, but you can also go to the houseplant sale that the Master Gardeners in Hennepin County will be having on October 7th at Southdale Center. You can get more information on the Master Gardener, Hennepin Master Gardener, uh, website for that. But what we should be thinking about now is taking care of our lawns. There's so much that we can do in the fall that really helps our gardens and yards and lawns for next year. So making sure that maybe you've well watered your lawn, it's coming out of its cold, hot dormancy, it's looking good. Now's the time that you can be overseeding or treating for weeds or fertilizing. It might be a little early to fertilize, maybe wait a week or two or three before you do the winterizer. Um, it's also a good time to aerate if you have to. So the extension website, as you mentioned, extension.umn.edu has a great lawn care calendar, and that will give you all the ideas of when you should be doing things. Um, well, that's great. A, yeah, it's. I mean, it's wonderful. Everybody, it, and it's and it's amazing how much if you do something this time of year to your lawn or your garden, you can see huge results in the spring and it will make you look like a fantastic gardener to your neighbors when you just put in a tiny bit of work this fall. It's well, amazing. you mentioned a, a couple of things right off the, uh, the, the the start here, Teresa, that actually relate to texts that have already come in okay. on the City's One Plumbing Talk and text line. The one that came in just before you even began, someone must have been anticipating some of your advice here, but it says, I plan to aerate my yard next week. What mix of grass, grass seeds, should I be using to overseed it? Give me your take on that. That's an excellent question. Uh, so what you want to do is you want to go out to your yard right now and figure out, is it a sunny, hot yard? Is it a shady yard? Is it a mixed yard? Are you looking at the boulevard where there's a lot of salt? Do you have a lot of uh, foot traffic in that yard? And with write down that information that you have. Then go to your favorite nursery and either talk to a nursery person there and tell them, this is what kind of stuff I have. Or look at the bags and the, um, the the grass seed that they have. There'll be grass seed with higher fescue levels, which will handle a little bit more shade. Hot, sunny, um, you can have a mix of, of grasses. Do you want to put in a lot of effort? Then you do straight Kentucky bluegrass. Um, if you have maybe the salt, maybe um, a perennial rye will help you with the, some other mixes of grasses out there. So there's all different kinds of seed. And then you just read the seed, the packet on the back, and it'll tell you what kind of a mix you have. And it should tell you whether it's for shade, high traffic areas, salt tolerant, or, or sunny. And I, I love this idea of going to extension.umn.edu to find that calendar to figure out what am I supposed to do now? Here's another question along those lines. What and when should I feed my dwindling lilacs? Um, that's, that's a curious question because I used to love the idea of lilacs. Mm -hmm. Um, but when they get to be, what, what do we do to get them healthy or keep them healthy through the winter months? That's a good question. So what you want to do is make sure, first of all, that you've watered them. Give them some a good drink of water. Before you water them, maybe get some compost and just lightly top dress. That means just putting the compost on top of the soil and then just kind of put water on top of that. It will slowly go into the soil. This time of year, you don't want to be fertilizing your shrubs, your perennials, or your trees. 
you want them to start thinking about becoming dormant because it takes them a while. It takes them a month or two. So they have to get into the rhythm of not having enough, uh, as much food, photosynthesizing, so they really bring down the energy into their roots to get stronger for next year. But they do de- might need your help with watering if we don't have enough rain. So don't fertilize your perennials. Your annuals, you can fertilize till you till they're dead. But your perennials, don't fertilize them now because you don't want to mess up their routine, their system. They're, they're starting to become dormant. You see the leaves starting to change color and things like that. Um, and if, you, if it's an old overgrown lilac, go to the extension website. They will tell you you can either how to, over, how to um, do a renewal pruning on it. You would do that. Um, you can do that. I wouldn't, don't do any pruning now. No pruning now for anything. But uh, see, there's a lot of work you could get out of this time of year, too. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you, prune, you would prune like in, in February, March when, when the plant is dormant and there's not leaves and bugs I, to deal with. I used to always wonder, Teresa, uh, chatting with Teresa Rooney here, Master Gardener, I used to, to wonder about when do I reach into that lilac and take some of those, those canes out of there that just aren't mm-hmm. doing much of anything? Yep. You can always, anything that's dead, you can take that out anytime. Dead is dead. It's never coming back again. We can't resurrect it but you don't want to be pruning like this take that out anytime dead is dead it's never coming back again we can't resurrect it but you don't want to be pruning like this time of year because when you prune a plant that uh, causes a chemical reaction in the plant that says oh i've been pruned i need to put on some more growth in that area well, it's never going to be strong enough to make it through the winter. And in addition, you've depleted some of the energy from the plant. So don't do any pruning now. But you will do that pruning, pruning in March or February. Um, but then again, with a lilac, if you prune something out before it blooms, um, that means any time after July, June, you are pruning out flowers. If you don't care about that, it doesn't matter. You, you keep mentioning things that lead into the next text on the City's One Plumbing Talk have, and Text Line. I have psychic powers, John. <laughs> You must be anticipating. <laughs> you mentioned 651-461-9226, and we're going to get to as many as we possibly can. But you mentioned energy. Someone uh, sends us a text of one of our friends saying, can I trim my, if my peonies, or can I trim my peonies, or do I leave them for energy? You use that keyword energy. Energy. What's the what's your take on that one, Teresa? That's a good question. So if your peonies are still growing, they're still green, they're still photosynthesizing, they'll, they're still bringing energy down into the roots. Once they get killed by the frost, the top part gets killed by the frost, you can prune that back. And with peonies and irises, I would suggest that you take that dead foliage off and either compost it or send it to the city compost. Um, your other perennials you can leave standing up once they've been killed by the frost. It adds a winter interest, protects our pollinators, protects the crowns of the plant. If you want to clean up, you can. But if something's still green and growing and you want it next year, leave it up green and growing as long as you possibly can. Okay, next word you just said, pollinators, leads into the next text. Um, Good morning. We are backyard beekeepers. I'm wondering what should I use on weeds? I suppose they want to be careful because they don't want to harm their pollinators. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so hand pulling is the best thing to do for weeds in that case. However, if you do want to use a broadleaf weed killer, uh, then what I would do is use it when the bees aren't out, which means I would use it, uh, make sure that if your bees have gone home, 
at night. Uh, so before you spray, first thing, really, really, really early in the morning, before it's too cold for them to be out yet, make sure they aren't sleeping in the flowers out there. But then go ahead and use the use it then, or wait till they've gone back into the hive at night, and so then late at late evening, do it then. Maybe get your headlamp out and carefully do it, and just spray what you have to spray. But hand pulling is always the safest in those cases, especially with your with your um, hives right there. Okay, one more question before we get to a break here. And I, again, I'm going to work at getting as many of these in as possible, Teresa, because mm-hmm. you know the stuff. What are your thoughts on liquid aeration? I'm not familiar with that, but you might be. Um, I've heard of it. I, I don't know much about it at all. So basically, I would just have curiosity thoughts. I don't have any. Um, I would prefer a physical aeration where you actually do release the soil if you need, if that soil is so compressed. Um, I haven't seen all the science on the liquid where you pour stuff in and it helps to release the soil. I I don't know how that works. So that I can't, I can't answer to that one. I'm really sorry about that. Well, the, the, that's probably the best information that we can give then is <laughs> Do I don't research. know the answer to mm-hmm. that. And look that. at the website. There might be something on it there. Okay. Again, the website, of course, is your best bet, extension.umn.edu. Um, and, and so many great folks. This is a great time to get out to the Landscape Arboretum oh, and just definitely. see... Oh, yeah. I mean, so many things happening out there. You might get some ideas and, and things that will uh, uh, nourish your own thought processes here as we get into um, that silly season for those who are gardening when things kind of seem to go south and we're still stuck north. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a time out. It is uh, 819. We'll come back with more chatting with Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, and keep your text questions coming. We're trying to go as rapid fire as possible and get as many as possible in here. We'll be right back after this on News Talk 830 WCCO. John Hines in for Denny Long on this Saturday morning. This is Smart Garden, and I am happy to be along with Teresa Rooney, who is a master gardener and explaining so many of these things that we need to know about. Let's go to the, to the Cities One Plumbing Talk and text line. Uh, Monica from Bloomington standing by with a, a question for you, Teresa. Monica? Yeah, good morning to you both. Um, I have a house, two house plants, a Chinese evergreen and a pothos plant we've ha- I've had for years. They both have always been in north windows. In the last couple of years, I've been forgetting to fertilize. So this spring, I did a fertilizing. I've been fertilizing them um, this season with a liquid, you know, miracle grow, and they've just both popped and they're just doing beautiful. So I'm wondering, Teresa, um, should I continue fertilizing them? In the winter, since they're houseplants, or when should I stop? Should I stop? That's my question about fertilizing. Okay. That's an excellent question, Monica. And thank you for giving, keeping those little babies in your house. Um, yes, so if your houseplants are actively growing like yours are now, you can keep fertilizing them. You may notice they slow down in the winter. That means you can slow down on the fertilizing. Maybe instead of doing it, If you're doing it every other week, maybe you do it every three weeks or only once a month. Once you see them start to start um, 
growing again in the spring with more summer light comes in, more spring light, then you can up the fertilizing again and go back to your schedule that was making them so happy. So if they're actively growing, go ahead and fertilize. If they start slowing down, just back off on the fertilizer. So gauge it to how quickly they're growing for you. Good advice. Thank you. Well, of course, it's good advice. This is what you do. Here, here's one, a couple of specific plant ones here. One of my two lemony lace elderberry plants developed a couple of brown branches. This is a plant I've never heard of, but it doesn't mean. Uh, could this be from overwatering? And now those branches are showing some new growth. What are your comments on that one? Wow. If if they browned up and then they're showing new growth again, I would say it was just a stress from over or under watering. So try to even that out a little bit. Consider what Mother Nature is doing. Also, you don't have to water as much in the fall because we have cooler weather so the plants aren't as stressed they aren't dealing with all that heat and there's a lot more dew and moisture on the ground in the cool weather so that helps give them a little more moisture so just just even out the watering a little bit and if they're actively growing again that's wonderful you did everything right Good stuff. Um, here's one. Uh, this is, again, another uh, one I, of which I am not familiar. Uh, a Fat Albert spruce tree. Is that a better alternative for our Minnesota yard? A Fat Albert spruce tree. Yep. The Fat Albert spruce will work just fine if you're looking for a spruce for a smaller area. It's a little, a little bit wide, and it doesn't get quite as tall. So if you're looking for a space like that, it works wonderfully here in Minnesota. Okay, here's a pesky one. I have no flowers left on my deck. Why do I keep getting hornets and wasps flying around? That's interesting. It could just be that it's warmer up there. Maybe there's some insects in there that they're eating. Um, I don't really know why they... And if you're out on the deck and you're bringing out food to the deck, that could interest them if you're bringing out a a sweet iced tea or a beverage with with, uh, sugar in it or uh, maybe some meat and you're grilling some hamburgers out on the deck or something. All of that will attract those um, wasps and hornets. They're just trying to bulk up for the winter just like we all are. Well, okay. And as before we get to a break, one more quick question here. Do you apply pre-emergent treatment in the fall? No. Uh, pre-emergent, <laughs> no pre-emergent stops seeds from growing. Uh, so you wouldn't apply it because you would want to put down your seed for your lawn. Uh, any of your annual seeds like crabgrass, don't worry about them. They'll die in the frost. The pre-emergent is in the springtime um, in May, May and June probably. Well, good. You got us out of another chore then by just saying. Exactly. <laughs> well, yes. And, you know, and I used to screw up because, you know, along the driveway or whatever, those are the areas when the snow mm-hmm. melts that warm up first. And yep. those are the areas that I would, in the springtime, that I would seem to miss, Teresa, when it was time to get that pre-emergent down. Yep. And now all of a sudden it's like crabgrass and other weeds and things growing along the driveway. Yep. So if you have those areas, and lots of us do, but concrete warms up the soil. If you're going to put your crabgrass down on May 15th, in that area, you put it down about a week or two earlier in that area. So you have to apply it two times, one in the warmed up areas, and then later in the areas that have finally warmed up, because you want to hit before those seeds grow. And then you may... You probably should overseed those areas this time of year to get your your good grass growing um, right now so that the uh, maybe the crabgrass won't even have a chance to grow then in the spring. 
All right, that's beating them. Uh, here's a, uh, a text us. Please say your number. Of course, they, they knew the number to text us. So uh, 651-461-9226. I guess we can't say it enough. That's the city's one plumbing talk and text line chatting with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Remind you, too, so much more information is available always at extension.umn.edu. We'll take this time out and come back with more on News Talk 830 WCCO. Special guest on the line joining me, of course, is Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, able to answer your questions. And we've got more of your questions on the City's One Plumbing Talk and text line. Greg standing by in Bloomington with a question for you, Teresa. Greg, go ahead. You've got the floor. Good morning to both of you. Thanks for all your good information. Um, I have a question concerning black locust. Um, I have a neighbor across the street, it's a rental home, and it's never taken care of and is just running rampant. I have done research. It is an invasive species. It's growing in my yard across the street. It's growing in the neighbor's two yards next door. It's everywhere. It has long thorns on it. It's, I'm wondering what you need to do to kill it. Um, if it's in your yard, uh, it, those guys, they are they are kind of a nasty tree. They're really good for pollinators, but as you say, they are an aggressive invasive. Um, so when you when you mow your lawn, you're cutting, taking out a lot of them that way. But if, they, if the seeds fall into your garden, um, you just need to pull those out. Uh, that would be the easiest thing to do. You don't really need to start spraying them. Normally, you can just pull the seeds out. Um, there's no, I don't believe there's a legal way to get them to take down that tree. All you can do is be as proactive in your yard and in your neighbor's yard as possible and just remove those seedlings. I know I get some in my yard too every year and then I reach down and get stabbed by the thorns when I'm pulling them out. They're just not nasty, but I mean, they are nasty. They, they have really pretty flowers and the bees love them, but we really don't want those trees in our neighborhoods. Let's, let's try another phone call here before I get back to the texts. Um, standing by in Columbia Heights, our friend Mike has got a question for you, Teresa. Morning, I love your show. You know, so you said not to prune anything this time of the year. Have a cedar tree, a bunch of dead branches running up the trunk. Could I cut them off? Mike, that's a good question. Yes, if anything's dead, you can always prune out the dead stuff. It's wise to prune out the dead stuff because then it can't fall and break other good branches. So go ahead and prune out all that dead stuff. You can always prune that. Go ahead, Mike. That was a good question. Thanks for your question. And that question leads into this question via the text line here. I have four varieties of hydrangea bushes. I have always removed the dried blooms in the fall, uh, this to prevent them uh, from being bent or snapping with heavy snows. Is this okay? Is this the right thing to do, Teresa? That's the perfect thing to do. If you want to leave a few of those up for winter interest, that's fine. But removing them all, especially if they're on a tree form where they could pull your branches down, uh, that's a good idea to do. That's very preventative. And you can use those in your crafts and decorations and, and all kinds of things, too. But, yeah, 
remove those those if you can or remove most of them so you don't lose your your shrubs form during the winter I like to frequently mention the uh, the website where people can find just a wealth of information that's extension dot umn dot edu um, so much to see and do too with the landscape arboretum um, to check those things out a couple more questions here how do i winter my amaryllis i uh, do, do i cut the beautiful green leaves off do i fertilize it what to do what to do teresa <laughs> that's a good question uh first of all i'd head to the extension website as john just mentioned extension.umn.edu if it's outside you need to start thinking about bringing it in so you want to put it in the shade for a week or two if it's not going to be under say 50 at night if it's going to be under 50 at night put it in a in a protected area uh, once it starts getting used to a little less shade a little less sunshine you can bring it in the house make sure you clean it up really well before you bring it in the house don't bring in any hitchhikers and then um, you can when the when the leaves start to die down go ahead and cut those back and then once you want to start it to bloom again go ahead and, and revive it with some extra water and then at that time once it's starting to flower you can fertilize it you know, you just touched on something again here that is frequently on my mind. If I'm taking a, a plant that has been growing outside and I want to bring it in because it's a it's a beautiful plant and it will mm-hmm. add some life to my location in the uh, in, in, in the in the fall and winter months here. Mm-hmm. How do I? What's the best way to get rid of those hitchhikers? I mean, okay. yep. I don't, yep. like a heavy duty leaf blower or something and blow them away. <laughs> That's a good question. Okay. First of all, you want to make sure you've you've reduced the light for a week or two, so put it in the shade because it's going to come into your house like when you're outside in the summertime and you go into your house on a sunny day, you can hardly see anything because your eyes take a while to adjust. Well, plants take a month or so to adjust, so you want to start them getting adjusted to less light so they have less shock when they come in your house. Then give it a good spray with the water. Spray it really well. Spray the, the pot, spray the saucer, spray under the pot, spray under the saucers. You want to give it a really good cleaning spray under the leaves. Then look at that soil. Maybe take off all the little twigs and everything there on the top of the soil. Take that all off and put it in your garden. Then bring your plant in the house and you want to segregate it. You want to hide it from the other plants. So if it, you did bring anything, nothing transfers to your other house plants. Give that a good one or two weeks in that separate area. If everything looks safe, you're not seeing, seeing any insects or anything, then move it into the brightest area that you're going to put it in that year, uh, that winter, and just keep it in the house and as a house plant. You can yeah. do that with a lot of your herbs, too. So you don't only have to do house plants. You can bring your herbs or flowers in. Okay, I'm a big fan of nature, but I believe nature, by the very definition, should be outdoors. Outside, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, um, I've got uh, standing by here, I believe Catherine is in Blaine with a question for our smart gardens and our master gardener, Teresa Rooney. Catherine, go ahead. You've got the opportunity now. Thank you so much, guys. Um, yeah, I would like to ask you, what is the plant that looks like a hydrangea? Bees love it, and it's green. Is that a hydrangea? It very well could be. Some of the hydrangeas, the the green, the flowers stay green for a really long time. Okay. 
Yeah. The, you yeah, could that, also take, and, and that's a good question. Let me point this out. Catherine, you could also take a picture of it, maybe from a distance and then a close-up of the flower and leaves. And you can go to the extension website down near the bottom of that website, extension.umn.edu, and go to the Yarn Garden Line. Uh, down at the bottom, it's Ask a Master Gardener, and you can actually send pictures in to the Master Gardeners, and they can um, decipher what it might be. Or you can bring those pictures if you're in the cities. Lots of our farmers markets have uh, Master Gardeners at them. You could bring a sample of the flower or bring pictures, and they'll try to help you figure out what it is, too. What a great idea. What a great time, too, to be visiting those uh, farmer's markets. Because oh, support your farmer's market, yes. Oh, so many great things, too, that are, that are growing and, and growing and good for us at this time of year. Hey, when is, this is back to the City's One Plumbing Talk and text line at 651-461-9226. When is a good time to move my rhododendron and how much sun should it be getting? Okay, uh, the rhododendrons would like to be on the east or northeast side of your house, so they want that gentle morning sun. They don't really want that hot west or south sun, so they don't want to be up against your southwest or west side of your house. Uh, if you want to move them, now is a good time. Uh, I would do it sooner rather than later. Uh, dig up as much of the roots of you, as you can, but before you do that, have the other hole already, maybe with a little bit of compost and maybe a little bit of soil sulfur. That will help um, acidify the soil for them. Uh, mix that all together and then bring your, your plant in, dig it up, disturb the roots as little as possible, plant it at the same depth, adding some of that soil sulfur and compost back into the soil, water it really well, and then give it a nice layer of mulch. Mulch should not touch the trunks or the stems, and that will help. Uh, it'll have six weeks to get used to where it's being uh, for the winter time. And then again, remember you want to protect it from uh, deer and rabbits because they can sometimes nibble that. Okie doke. Yeah, and I, I, I love it. I, I didn't mean to gloss over this, but what you said about the uh, extension.umn.edu website, that down near the bottom, a place where you can actually share some pictures that you might have and get some information, some help from a, a master gardener who might be looking in there. Uh, here's a text question. Uh, can I still use Roundup on weeds? You can use Roundup on weeds. Just use it according to the, the label instructions. Uh, so it, it depends on the wind and the heat and what you're spraying. You can use that. Uh, just always read and follow the label instructions. The label is the law. This is a good time to be getting rid of those weeds because those weeds are actually, they're just like our other plants. They're no dormancies coming. They know winter's coming. So they're grabbing all the photosynthesizing energy that they can. So they will be pulling in that poison bigger into the, more into their roots this time of year. Okay, good advice. Good, you know. And, and Teresa, I got to tell you this: I grew up in South Minneapolis, and in mm -hmm. South Minneapolis, every homeowner had um, one of two plants, or maybe both. They had chives growing somewhere, mm -hmm. more more chives than anyone would ever want, uh, but also rhubarb plants, or maybe both. They had chives growing somewhere, mm -hmm. more more chives than anyone would ever want, uh, but also rhubarb growing yes. somewhere. Mm -hmm. And this question relates to rhubarb. Should rhubarb be cut back in the fall? You don't have to cut your rhubarb back. Uh, the leaves will be hit by the frost and they'll just die. Um, I find that rhubarb melts into the soil very quickly. It decomposes very quickly. So if you don't want to, if 
if you're not the person that has to have a perfectly tidy yard and you're okay with just having some dead looking rhubarb out there for a little while, that's perfect. I usually don't don't pull up or uh, don't cut back anything um, except the peonies and the uh, the irises. And I just let everything work its way down and decompose all winter. And then maybe I'll clean up a little in the f- spring and maybe I won't. It'll be, maybe I will, maybe I won't. <laughs> Usually I won't. Uh, I might not. Yeah. I probably won't. <laughs> well, hey, let's get our, our last break in here before we uh, wrap up. There's more questions coming. Teresa Rooney, uh, Master Gardener, joining us. And again, so much of the information we're sharing here you can find at extension.umn.edu. And I encourage you to take a pleasant day like this today, tomorrow, whatever. Visit the Landscape Arbor. It is just a, it's a great way to spend a, a delightful pre-fall afternoon. We'll be back with more News Talk 830 WCCO. Eight fifty one, and Teresa Rooney, you wanted to add something about the Arboretum and uh, and UMN Extension. What have you got? Yep. Okay, so remember you need tickets to go to the Arboretum, so get your tickets. And if you're, when you're out there, the magical place is the ornamental grass garden on the three-mile drive. Visit it, ten, spend 10, 15 minutes just sitting there. You will be amazed. And then the extension website, you can also on that extension website learn how to become a master gardener. That's all I got. Well, that's good advice because some of this we can learn and then we can show off for the neighbors. Exactly. <laughs> and we're taking, we're taking um, applications now for Master Gardening until October 30th. Okay. And, and I like to remind people, too, that the best way to access them uh, is simply through the website. I mean, rather than you know, trying to call them or something of that nature. Here's a text question, if I can share this. I have a very old honeysuckle hedge. Can I cut it down to a foot or so, and will it come back next year? It will probably come back. Yes, you can cut it down. That's also part of renewal pruning. Go to the extension website, extension.umn.edu, and it will tell you um, when to cut it down. It's probably going to be midwinter or early, early spring before it comes out of dormancy, and it, it should come right back just fine. You'll see it's already suckering, so it's, it'll sucker out and come right back for you. Okay, here's one. When when aerating, how deep in the soil should it go? I like to recall the time that I had um, when somebody come out and, and do aerating for me, and they like to go just slightly deeper than the irrigation was, so that oh, when no. I, <laughs> it's like, whoops, too deep. Oh, no. <laughs> so what's good advice, Teresa? I think it goes down four to six inches, and you do want the kind that will pull the plugs up and leave them on top, so your lawn will look absolutely horrible for a few days. It'll look like you had a cigar party out there or the geese visited, um, but after that, it'll be just beautiful. Okay. Um, let me see. What else have I got here? Um, should I water after overseeding this fall? Yes. So if you're not doing dormant seeding, if you're seeding right now, you want to keep that little that little half inch half inch of soil moist. So you'll be watering frequently. You'll be watering almost every day. If we get a hot, dry, windy day, you'll want to water twice because you need to keep that seed bed moist. Seed contacting the soil to moist soil. So that's what you want. Okay, because here's a question along the same line uh, for you, Teresa. Uh, as fall approaches. You keep referring to deep watering before freeze-up, yet when I water after the first gallon, the rest just runs off. What should I be doing differently? 
what I would do is um, water. Uh, maybe put down a quarter of the water you're going to put down. That will break that soil surface tension. And then the water, then a water again. So you may need to do your deep watering in two or three episodes to get it deep. You want to break that surface tension first and then let it sink down. And then once that soil's a little bit damp, the water will stay where you start to water and it won't run off as much. Here's another question. This is all coming from the Cities One Plumbing Talk and text line at 651-461-9226. Can crepe myrtle survive in Minnesota? I don't think so. I think it's more of a zone 6-7 plant. I don't even think it's a 5. So I don't think you're going to have good luck with crepe myrtle here. You may want to treat it as an annual, but it can get to be a larger bush. So maybe, maybe find something that looks similar. I am always amazed when I see crepe myrtle pruned back to like seemingly nothing, and yet they come back. Here's one. My irises are badly overgrown. What should I do? Now is a great time. Well, actually, last month would have been a great time to um, to dig them up and, and uh, re- remove the... Uh, Divide them. That's what I'm trying to say. Divide them. No coffee yet this morning. So divide them. So you want to cut back the leaves into those fans. So they're about six inches long. Then you want to pull up all the plants, look them, get rid of anything that's icky. Um, The extension website will have a really good, um, good information about how to divide irises. But then you want to, um, to face them so that they start when they start to grow, they move out, not toward each other. So the daughters start growing out away from the mother plants. And then you replant them. And if they're the big uh, big uh, irises, the fancy ones like the German iris, you want to make sure that the corm that you're planting back into the soil, you can see the very top of that on the soil. So you don't want to dig that deep. If it's a Siberian iris, you would plant it at the same depth that was growing but those old-fashioned irises, you want those corms to be so you can see the back of the corm above the soil, just at the soil level. Always just water them in. Okay, always more questions than we have time yes. for. Remind me again about people who want to go to the website and look and inquire about being master gardeners. Extension.umn.edu. Uh, go to the website. You can ask a master gardener. You can find lawn care information. You can learn how to be a master gardener. You can get lost in how much to do out there. Okay, and don't forget to get tickets to get to the Landscape Arboretum. Exactly. Uh, a great way to spend the day or spend and go to those to those grasses. I mean, it, it is just mesmerizing and can be very relaxing. Teresa Rooney, thank you so much for being John, on. It's with, been great being with you today. Uh, you have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 